verse 1 of 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Now, the apostle Peter was writing to the saints who were scattered throughout the Roman Empire. They were Jews, called the Diaspora, because they were no longer in the land of Palestine. Due to persecution and other reasons, they had settled throughout the empire. All right, verse number two. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy have begotten us unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peter emphasizes here the resurrection of Christ. The resurrection was his great theme on the day of Pentecost and in all his messages. He said, in effect, all that you have seen here today is because Jesus, whom you crucified, came back from the dead. And when he writes his epistles, he anchors them in the resurrection of Christ. The Apostle Paul does the same thing. He tells us that Jesus Christ was delivered for our offenses. He died for our sins, but he was raised for our justification that we might be in Christ, accepted in the beloved, able to stand before God. We stand before God in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And we have a living hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus rose from the grave with all power in his hands and is now seated at the right hand of the Father, we are assured that all of the promises of God concerning us will be fulfilled. Peter describes to us what God has done for us in the past. Now he moves into the future. Look at verse number four. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that faded not away, reserved in heaven for you. Now here he talks about our inheritance that awaits us on the other side. And he lists four things concerning our inheritance. Number one, our inheritance is incorruptible. In other words, non-destructible. Number two, our inheritance is undefiled. In other words, it is pure. Number three, our inheritance fades not away. It don't disappear. It is ours forever. Number four, our inheritance is reserved in heaven for us. Now, the word reserved means it is guarded. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are taking care of it for us. All right, verse number five, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now he says here that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold. Listen, after gold is mined, it is put into a hot furnace. 
The purpose is not to destroy the gold, but rather to purify the gold. When the gold is melted, the dross is drawn off to get the pure gold. When God tests us today, he puts us into the furnace. He doesn't do that to destroy us or to hurt or harm us, but he wants pure gold, and that is the way he gets it done. The only thing that will bring us into a true maturation is the trial of our faith, which God sends to us. And I believe that at the appearing of Jesus Christ, we will thank God for our trials. In fact, we may wish we had experienced more of them because when we are in his presence, we will see the value of our trials. Verse number eight, whom have not seen ye love in whom though now ye see him not yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the end of your fate, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Wherefore, gird up the loins the of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which had called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons, judges are calling to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. Let me read these same verses from the Living Bible, which makes it clearer. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though not seeing him, you trust him. And even now you are happy with the inexpressible joy that comes from heaven itself. And your further reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. This salvation was something the prophets did not fully understand. Though they wrote about it, they had many questions as to what it, it all could mean. They wondered what the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about. For he told them to write down the events which since then have happened to Christ, his suffering and his great glory afterwards. And they wondered when and to whom all this would happen. They were finally told that these things would not occur during their lifetime. But long years later, doing yours. And now at last, this good news has been plainly announced to all of us. It was preached to us in the power of the same heaven sent Holy Spirit who spoke to them. And it is all so strange and wonderful that even the angels in heaven would give a great deal to know more about it. So now you can look forward soberly and intelligently. To, to more of God's kindness to you when Jesus Christ returns. Obey God because you are his children. Don't slip back into your old ways doing evil because you know better. Be ye holy now in everything you do, just as the Lord is holy, who invited you to be his child. 
He himself has, has said, you must be holy for I am holy. And remember that your heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites when he judges. He will judge you with perfect justice for everything you do. So act in reverent fear of him from now on until you get to heaven. Oh, I like that. Well said. All right, verse number 18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Now, the phrase here, that raised him up from the dead. The Apostle Peter keeps reminding us of the resurrection of Christ. He also says here that your faith and hope might be in God. Now, previously he puts together the words grace and hope. Now it is fate and hope. Peter is the great apostle of hope, and hope rests upon the resurrection of Christ and upon the fact that we have a living Savior who will be returning someday. And when he does, we shall be changed in a moment, in a twinkle of an eye, and we shall be just like him. Verse 22, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfinished love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart, fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flowers thereof uh, falleth, Away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Now he says here, see to it that we love each other with a pure heart. How fervently. Don't do it half heartedly, do it fervently. In Romans chapter twelve and verse nine, the apostle Paul says, Let love be without dissimulation. In other words, let love be without hypocrisy. Listen, man looks on the outside, but God looks at and judges us by our heart. Peter instructs us here to love like God loves because we are new creatures. We have been born again, not through our mother's womb again, but from above. And this process started with the hearing of God's word, which is alive and abides forever. Listen, you cannot be saved. You cannot be born again apart from the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God, which in turn brings salvation to a person's life. He goes on to say that we are nothing without God. Our fleshly bodies are as grass. We are handsome or we are beautiful for a little while. Then we become old and wrinkled and we die. But the word of God just keep going and going. It is forever. It abides forever. 